This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, quick little housekeeping here. I do apologize, but our delayed audio problem is still happening. So you will probably hear some people reacting to stuff in a delayed manner or talking over each other a little bit. I did try to edit it as best as I could to get rid of some of those instances, but they will still be here. Um, I do think I know what we need to do, but unfortunately it probably won't be happening for another few episodes here. So I just wanted to let you know that in advance. I will try my best to get them sounding as great as possible. So thank you very much for listening and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of It's a Fandom Thing. This week, we are going to start our two-parter on some Michael Shore comedies, either ones that he wrote on or created. For the first part, we're going to be discussing The Office and Parks and Rec. The second part, part, which will air next week, will be about The Good Place, and then we'll circle back around to a few things about The Office and Parks and Rec and The Good Place together. So I have a great panel of guests. Um, We're going to be kind of mingling in and out. Uh, Some guests are on right now. Some guests are going to be joining later. Um, This is going to be one of our biggest panels because, as you can guess, these are very popular shows. have lots of people that love them and want to talk about them and gush about them. So before we get into all things The Office and Parks and Rec, we're going to go around and have people introduce themselves and tell me one thing in pop culture or fandom that you're excited about right now. Go ahead and start with you, Meg. I'm Meg, and something I'm watching, or I just actually finished catching up or re-watching Parks and Rec, so now I'm actually really excited. I, have, I haven't been able to start it yet because my children, uh, that Tiger King thing oh. on Netflix, <laughs> I hear it as bonkers. And I cannot wait. It's exactly the kind of garbage fire I need <laughs> right now. And I'm tigers in true crime. Like I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, that's. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. I haven't watched it yet either. Has anyone else watched it yet? No, I have not. No. It's on my queue though. I am just waiting to get my tv set up in my new place so i can watch it yeah i i am stoked i'm gonna send my kids to bed we've all lost any sense of time uh so i might send my kids to bed at like five Um, (laughs) (laughs) and start watching awesome and rebecca hello uh hello this is rebecca jacobson um, so I, let's see, what have I been watching lately? So I actually had, uh, been rewatching Parks and Recreation recently. It's one of my, my go-to comfort shows in these stressful times. But, uh, as far as something else, uh, as far as other Netflix trash fires go, 
while I was laid up and sick uh, about two weeks ago with pneumonia, not with coronavirus, uh, I watched, I binged through all of Netflix's Love is Blind. Yes. Oh, I love that show so much. It's so terrible. Yes. It is so terrible. And I hate them all so much. It predicted this is what dating is like in the time of coronavirus. We're in our own pods. We're all in our own pods. Can't see each other. If, If you haven't watched it yet, um, I I personally like feel like I got a lot of enjoyment out of it, especially at a time when I was stuck laying in bed and could basically just do nothing else except reach over to the laptop and hit next episode. So <laughs> I I loved hating them every second. <laughs> and Tanya? Yeah. Um, so first of all, to Rebecca's comment, I enjoyed it very much. I want to say that's what she said. Um, <laughs> and uh, my name is Tanya Cook, and I'm never far from a "that's what she said" joke. Um, but what am I? What am I watching? I'm gonna shout out for a show called Winona Earp, um, which you can watch on Netflix, I believe. It's a Western sci-fi kind of like Buffy Supernatural in the West, um, and it's it's really fun. The one-liners are amazing. Uh, and rewatching it, there's several one-liners that I totally missed the first couple of times. So, and it's just, it's just a lot of fun. And if you don't think about it too much, it's even more fun. So <laughs> yeah, that is a good show. I've yeah. watched some of that. I haven't finished it, but I've, I've watched some of that show. Yeah. It's great. That's on my list. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah I'll have to try mm-hmm. that sometime too. So. Yeah. And this is Aaron. And what I'm into right now is the movie, The Invisible Man, the new movie, The Invisible Man. Um, Very, it's a very good movie. You can um, actually stream it right now um, for $19.99. I know that's kind of pricey, but it's because they pulled it from the theaters. So they're losing all the money in the theaters. And so they're trying to recoup that. But it's a very good study. Um, on gaslighting women, mm-hmm. especially women who are in abusive relationships. So that's a lot of what it's about. So if that's triggering for you at all, I will throw that out there that that's what it deals with heavily, but it's really good. And Elizabeth Moss is amazing. So yeah, so I, I highly recommend um, that one. So that'd be a great one to watch right now. It is, I mean, it's not like a, you know, light and fluffy thing, but it is a good movie. <laughs> MJ has hopped on the line. You might recall that MJ was back, was on our Star Wars episode back in December. So I'm really excited to have her on. So if you want to introduce yourself, MJ, and tell us one thing in pop culture or fandom that you're excited about right now. Um, Hey, everyone. I'm MJ. Most of you know me. Um, Big Star Wars nerd. I um, I enjoy like the sci-fi type of nerdy things, but I also love the office and anything that comes with a lot of humor. And right now I am actually rewatching Westworld because um, I'm excited for the third season. And I had started watching the first one, but never really got into it, but thought when better to like really dive into something that requires (laughs) you to attentively watch it than now. So um, yeah, rewatching Westworld and, and catching a lot of things that I had, had missed the first time. 
Yeah, that's that's one that I've got to add to my list to watch. I haven't watched it's that one. It's just so, so intense. And some episodes you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I bet that's that's what I've heard. So great. Wonderful. Well, I'm glad you could jump on the line. I'm glad you're here with us. So now we're going to get into talking about The Office. So if you don't know what The Office is, um, The Office premiered back in 2005. And it's a re- it's a remake of a British series. Um and it was created by Greg Daniels, is the one who created it. Um, and it starred Steve Carell, Jenna Fisher, John Krasinski, Rain Wilson, among others. Um, and it's it had nine seasons, and it actually was didn't do too well in the ratings at first. For its first season, it didn't do too well. And then I believe it was after its sex, second season that it started um, getting more of a following and uh, growing in the ratings. Um, and if you don't know what The Office is about, The Office is a mockumentary, excuse me, on a group of typical office workers where the workday consists of ego, clashes, inappropriate behavior, and tedium. And that's the IMDb description there. Um, and it's a paper company under Mifflin. So I'm going to go around and just see, does everybody have a favorite season or favorite episodes? I know there's a lot there, but are there any favorites that stand out to you, Meg? Um, yeah, but like you said, there's a lot, so I can't, <laughs> I made a list and I was like, I'll just, I'll just write down some of my faves and the list got kind of long. So I have like a top seven. Um, but honestly, so there's only one episode that I can't ever watch again and that's Scott's Tots. Um, but other than mm-hmm. that, just, it's yeah. too much. Yeah, that's a horrible. It's too much cringe. I can't, I just can't handle it it makes me too upset um but probably i guess dinner party is one of my all-time favorites it's the kind of fun cringe and not the sad cringe of scott's tots um beach games the like anything with jim and pam there i love their little ship um but dinner party is probably one of the funniest half hours of television ever so yeah and i guess my favorite seasons i would say are three and four probably yeah 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 the dinner party is one of the best episodes of any television series period. it's amazing it's yes we could do i could probably talk the entire podcast about that episode so i'm gonna try my best to not do that <laughs> and fail <laughs> And MJ, do you have any favorite seasons um, or episodes? I can pinpoint a season, but I am a sucker for all the Christmas party episodes. And I just watched yes. all the yeah. Christmas party episodes last Christmas. I just, I watched them out of the season and just, it's so hilarious. There's like so much truth in these episodes. <laughs> We've all had those awkward parties and it's I just love all oh, the yeah. personalities clashing um wasn't there one was I don't know if that was a Christmas one or another party where they had two competing parties I don't know I don't know if that was a Christmas party <laughs> yes, yes. Oh yes. My yeah it was it was that uh, was Benny Benihana, I, Benihana season three season yeah. three yeah mm-hmm. I love that one it yeah. was just uh, it's just so funny and I have a soft spot for Angela because I've met a few Angelas in my life and <laughs> I just, yeah, she's, she yeah. cracks me up so much. Um, like, yeah. So those are all across the board, my favorite episodes. 
Yeah, the Christmas ones are classics, and yeah, they're they're great ones. They're they're written so well, and yeah, they're some of my favorites as well. And then Rebecca, do you have any favorite episodes or your favorite oh, seasons? Boy. Um, season might be hard to pin down. I uh, I think one of the uh, and dinner party is incredible. <laughs> um, I think the one though that I probably end up rewatching most often would probably be Casino Night. Yes, because yeah. that's when Jim and Pam kiss for the first time, and I'm like, <laughs> that was. I think that was really the point where I got really hooked to the show, and I was like, all right, this like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> I'm somebody, yeah, I think I think I honestly don't think of episodes as much as i think of moments from the show mm -hmm. like like kevin <laughs> and the turtle <laughs> yeah and i like, like i love the rabies episode that the parkour so the parkour one i forgot the cold open where they're doing the the music video through the the office <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. incredible yeah. Yeah, um, and I think that was in season seven. I think that was season seven's yeah, first episode. That was really yeah, late. or Asian yeah. Jim. That was oh, God. Asian Jim. Yes, <laughs> that was amazing. Oh God! Yeah. Like yeah. Kevin and his pot of chili. <laughs> Kevin Malone. Yeah. And then Tanya, do you have any favorite? I do. Yeah, seasons? I'm going to shout out for season four as well because dinner party is is also, is amazing. But if I had to pick my favorite episode where I just I truly became um, converted, it's the injury from season two. Yes. And yes. I don't. I just I can't handle that episode. And um, I I I mean I love waking up to the smell of bacon. So sue me. So I got a George Foreman and just Michael just and I a couple a couple of years ago I went to um a convention where Rain Wilson was doing photos and I wanted so badly to do Michael with the bubble wrap foot like a cosplay of that and get a picture and like have him hold my foot up like I was trying to put it in the machine. I just I don't know why that one just gets me but it does like every time. Well, and he's so like annoyed that he has to explain why yeah. he would have a George Foreman grill yeah. on his floor. Like how dare you question me? Yeah. This makes sense. What are you talking about? Yep. Like it's just perfectly normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great episode. Yeah. I love that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And 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 for me, um, I love a lot of season four because of I because Jim and Pam were finally together. Um, but I also want to call call back to season two with the mm -hmm. Dundies. I think the Dundies oh, is just yeah. one of the first perfect mm -hmm. episodes of the series really yes. um and i could watch that one over and over again and seeing pam get drunk <laughs> that was, was great mm -hmm. wonderful i loved perfect. that i thought i thought jenna fisher did a great job in that episode as well um and then i also love um in season seven garage sale when michael proposes um i just i i loved that i thought it was so sweet and with the fire alarm oh. going off and with the <laughs> and raining down on them i thought it was such a sweet proposal it was um, yeah and then of course niagara because jim and pam getting married i mm -hmm. i loved that and i loved that they you know got married by themselves 
and then went and had their other ceremony. I thought that mm. was perfect. So yeah, that was really beautiful. I loved that one. Okay, well, now let's get into discussing the characters, uh, because I think that's the most important part of this show, of course. Yes. Um, and we're going to start, of course, with Michael Scott. <laughs> What's who, you know, like Joe <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, who's, who's, who, 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 as Meg established on our You episode, is exactly like <laughs> Joe Goldberg from You. <laughs> Except he hasn't murdered now, anyone yet. That now we I've know been of, taken out of context. <laughs> yeah, I know. You have to go back and listen to the U episode too. <laughs> um, but I just want to go around and have everybody give their thoughts, impressions about Michael. Uh, start with you. Uh, I think I would hate to have Michael Scott as my boss. Um, I, I have very conflicting emotions about Michael Scott because he is like this lovable goofball and they did a really good job of kind of making it they have to give him something to make him like they made him very good at his job so you can understand how on earth this man has managed to hold a job um, <laughs> but there are other things like I mentioned Scott's tots or some of the other stuff that he does that's just it's really kind of hard to get past <laughs> and, but I love, I love the character and Steve Carell did an amazing job with it, with it. Um, but I actually, one of the reasons I love the office isn't even about Michael Scott so much. It's about all of the other characters. Um, but yeah, he just, I, I do not know how I could work with that man or live with that man <laughs> like like at yeah. all and he he yeah like he tries so hard to be your friend and he tries so hard to have your back but also constantly will throw you under the bus <laughs> I think though that's one of the endearing things about him is that he does care so much like I've like there's so he really does he, he has this belief that all of his you know employees are like his best friends and his family and they do kind of become that mm -hmm. out of almost out of default and because that's the way tv shows work but it's it i think that does make him you know kind of sweet it's really neat to me to see how as i've gone back and rewatched the show when I tried to start watching the show initially, I, I the, like the first few episodes of the first season, I was like, ah, I don't know if this is going to be my thing mm -hmm. because they tried to make Michael Scott just like um, his British mm -hmm. counterpart. Yeah, well, and there's, yeah. and you can really see that shift. You can really see the shift between season one and season two and kind of what they were trying to do with him. And and I do love Michael Scott. I really do. When I think about throwing him to us, I just think about that episode where Jim was trying to get a promotion and he didn't want to tell Michael yeah. about it because he was afraid Michael was going to try and help. And, and Michael just like completely threw him under the bus to, to David Wallace without, yeah. without even a second thought. It just... And that's one of those episodes that really frustrated me with Michael Scott more than his like stupid sticks and, and oversharing and stuff like that. But that was like a really horrible thing to do to your best quote unquote best friend. I think they're right. torture. They, what I love about the character is I feel like they're 
using him to torture us a little bit as an audience because he has these moments yes. where you just you feel so embarrassed for him and you, it's like so cringy and you're like oh my god I'm I'm feeling embarrassment for you and uh, and then he does yeah. things that are just horrendous and then every once in a while they throw in these like little redeeming scenes I just remember um God, what was that episode where they had the booze cruise and he talked mm-hmm. to Jim mm-hmm. and he talked about this part yeah. of yeah. Like, yeah. Well, if you like her so much and and I'm like, oh my God, yeah, that's what that's how they get you. They throw in those little well, moments. And, you're like, ah. and and then after that, he's like, I consider Jim my best right. friend, and I'm gonna keep this secret as long as I possibly can. <laughs> which was literally oh. an hour right. and a half. Of course. <laughs> of course, because he's so flawed. But um, but they, they love to do that with, with mm-hmm. this character that you um, that you you're embarrassed for him and you're just like oh my god you're the cringe cringiest human and then he does little things and you're like oh my god he has a tiny little bit of gold in his heart even though it's it's hidden amongst those layers of absurdity and just like horrendous <laughs> selfish acts just incredibly selfish acts all the yeah. time he's yeah he's mm-hmm. very flawed <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I've I just been waiting. Um, so here we go. I'm gonna unload. Um, so I I like this character so so much. Um, and I was a fan of the British version, and so I initially didn't think very much. I didn't really care for the the American version the first season. So I think it was really clever of them to sort of shift the character a little bit so that it was different from uh, the British version, right? Which is just, no one is redeemed in that from what I remember. It's just, everyone is just yeah. awful the whole time. And there's mm-hmm. no like lovely romantic center of Jim and Pam. That's more of just a awkward hookup uh, from what I remember anyway of the, of that show. So they really had to take it in a different direction. And I'm, I'm glad that they did. Cause I think it ended up being so much better. And so Michael, what I think is interesting is he does, become redeemable despite all of his his mess um and oh shoot i was thinking of a specific episode and i i lost it oh well um yeah and then you have empathy for him you know with his relationship with jan and um and all of those different uh foibles oh this is the episode okay i remembered um the one where jim has to basically stand in for michael and tries to do things differently and then understands why michael is the way he Mm -hmm. is like he jim is like we're just gonna have one birthday party for all the birthdays this month or something (laughs) and And michael's Michael's trying to survive in the woods yeah survivor man survivor man yes that's so great because michael is like and that apparently that was written by steve carell too but michael's like oh yeah i i uh i tried that you know and jim's like oh no um but i think it's kind of clever how they showed that michael was responding to the the context a bit with his personality um yeah so yeah, and I, I was going to say, I have actually, you know, we talk about how cringy he is. A lot of people that I knew, especially at the time when it premiered, said that they couldn't stand the show and they could not watch it because they're like, I can't stand comedies where it's all just about embarrassing mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. and somebody just being in these incredibly embarrassing situations all the time. And they're like, I can't watch it. They're like, I can't watch Michael Scott because it's just too embarrassing the whole time. And I was trying to think about why that is that we, those of us who are here on this podcast right now, we all talk about how, yes, he, it is often kind of painfully embarrassing to watch him. 
and yet we all still love him so much <laughs> like how we get over that i don't know i think it's because he's not embarrassed like michael's never embarrassed by what he does mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. even when he should be well, <laughs> i actually disagree i disagree I, I think he is embarrassed a lot by what really? he does i think he has i i think the thing with Michael is he wants so badly to be loved. That's all he's ever wanted his whole entire life is for people to love him and appreciate him. And I think he does feel this sense of kind of humiliation or like an outsider. I don't think he necessarily always shows it, mm-hmm. but I really think that, that at the, at his heart, at the core of his character is insecurity. He's mm-hmm. completely insecure. And so he does all this stuff to try and get people to like him. He tries to imitate the way other people seem cool to him. And, you know, like the whole episode with the secret, when he's got the secret that he's hiding and he tries to imitate Jim, even with his hair and he tries to do his hair. And then people point it out and you can see he's embarrassed because somebody called it out. So I think he, I think he does get embarrassed, even though we get probably more embarrassed for him. Um, but, but I do think he just has so much insecurity and that's why in the end, at least for me, you end up loving his character and all the people that are kind of stuck with him as a boss end up loving him. <laughs> or most of them, probably not, Stanley, but most of them end up in the, in the end, loving him. You know, I mean, the whole scene at the very end with Pam and him, where you mm-hmm. don't see anything they're saying, yes. you see that she really loves him and cares for him. And Jim, the last scene he has with him, and Dwight, of course, oh. always loved him. But that the last scene oh. with Jim and him, I mean, I've heard some people compare it to that. Basically, it's like mm-hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> well, they end up loving him in spite of them. In spite. Well, of and I think, so, and I think part yeah, of that is yeah. he's so but, earnest about about all of it and i think that's a real credit to steve carell and how he plays him and i think a lot of it is we see kind of the office members rolling their eyes at his antics and stuff like that but there's still a there is still that underlying kind of connection and love and when you see stuff when you see actual bad things happen to him like in the carpet Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. that's when you that's kind of helps you really understand and and it gives you that a way to have sympathy with him and and or the take your daughter to work day episode when he didn't get to do anything that he wanted to do and like this even his as a child he was a very lonely person and i think that really allows you to look beyond his terrible social skills (laughs) to put it lightly (laughs) (laughs) And and see see him for the earnest, lovable jackass that he is. <laughs> yeah, I do. So I want to point out. You mentioned Meg that you would hate having him as a boss. So uh, if anybody watches the, um, it's a, a YouTube channel called The Take. Uh, it's a really well done uh, channel. I'll include them in my shout outs at, at the end. They've done a whole series of videos just about analyzing different characters from The Office. Mm -hmm. And they made a video about why Michael Scott is actually the best boss. Um, Well, he's got the mug. (laughs) He's got the mug. (laughs) He bought a a case of them for himself. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, he has the mug, so he clearly has a bona fide. <laughs> uh, but they they pointed out that so frequently throughout the show, as other branches are closing that have more traditional yes. bosses that you think would be clearly more successful, the Scranton branch always has the best numbers. Mm-hmm. The Scranton branch is the one that continues to That's survive, true. and it does mm-hmm. its best when it's under Michael's leadership. And so they kind of went through and went, so why is this ridiculous person who seems like all of the worst possible things that you could have in management actually effective? And their their conclusion was that basically because he's he's not a micromanager, so people are are actually, when they have time to do their jobs, <laughs> not participating in something that he deems necessary for his own ego um they are allowed to you know operate independently and that he encourages a sense of fun in the office and so there is a yeah well and uh kind of joy in work (laughs) the writers the writers have actually talked about it i've I love this show so much but they talked about it was how important it was that they had to make sure that he was good like really good at his job because yes. he does have a lot of issues like gay witch hunt like you can't just kiss mm-hmm. your oh gosh that was you crazy. can't just out yeah. your coworkers and then kiss them in front of the whole like that it, so yeah. with stuff like that the writers had been talking about how they really had to make sure that he was very good at his job and that we as an audience got to see that he was very good at his job. So I guess I, I take it back a little bit about not having be my boss, but it would, it would be interesting, I guess. I, <laughs> well, I'm going to jump in and say I had a boss that was very much like Michael Scott. Ooh, um, do tell. A female though, a female <laughs> version of Michael Scott. And I remember when I first started watching this and it, it premiered right after the branch that I had worked at. This was a branch of a mortgage company. So this was right around, it was a few years before 2008. Mm-hmm. So this happened, I was laid off. Our branch closed in 2004. Um, and my boss there, I'm not going to name her, but if she ever listens to this, <laughs> she'll know who she is. She was very much like Michael Scott in the fact that she would have like, she would blast every Friday through the speaker's. And it was mainly all women that worked in the office, but she would blast through the speakers. Babies got back. <laughs> so you would be, and I remember one time being on the phone with a client and that's blasting through there. And I had to mute and say, you have to turn that off. I'm on the phone with a client. And she would sometimes be in her office doing her nails and all this stuff. And, and, you know, and we would complain up, about her and all, all these things. Um, but in the end, that was my favorite office I had ever worked at, ever. And a lot of the reason was mm-hmm. we were like a family. And plus the company in general treated everybody wonderful. I mean, they gave us like three months notice that before our office shut down and gave us a really generous package and all this stuff. They were, they were a great company nationwide. Um, they've unfortunately gone out of business a few years ago, but there was that sense of, of, you know, you, you got promoted very easily. You were respected for the work you did. You were paid for the work you did. Um, we were never micromanaged like that was mentioned before. Um, and so even though we would complain about some of that stuff, like, okay, we're trying to work. We can't hear babies got back right now, but when we're on the phone with a client, 
But at the same time, there was that sense of, you know, we were family. We would have, we would alternate and have um, dinner nights at each other's house. We ended up having the off an office bird. <laughs> I'm not kidding. We had an office bird and people would take turns <laughs> taking it home for the weekend. And well, maybe, so it was so maybe it's just that I've never been in an, any kind of office environment, even remotely like that. Like I work for the government. So yeah, yeah the government. Um, but, <laughs> no, I love my job, but, but yeah, the private so. sector jobs I worked for were very much not like that. Like I would get along and I'd be friends with my coworkers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And we'd go out and have margaritas and, and things like that. But my private companies that I, any private company I ever worked for was just completely relentless and com- 100% micromanaging and soul sucking. So I guess I've never worked with a Michael Scott. So maybe I don't care. I don't care if they know that I'm talking about them. <laughs> I think I, I'm, I think what helps yeah, Michael so. is in our um, sort of relationship with him as a viewer is he's kind of the epitome of intent versus impact. Like yes. he, you know, he he comes. He has this big heart, and he is selfish and self centered. But he comes from a place of so much emotion that it's it's like you can forgive him because his intent is to be loving and um, positive and caring for the employ the other workers, right? And then it, but it the impact is not always <laughs> expressed that way. Like when he's trying to show acceptance to Oscar, and it's completely awful, right? Like, and it's like, no, man. Um, but I think we can all sort of identify with having a friend or someone we know sort of do that sort of behavior that I I don't know, that really spoke to me as the seasons went on. I think Mm -hmm. like the intent was let's, Mm -hmm. let's do something positive for these people, right. That are stuck here doing what is not the most exciting job. Right. Um, (laughs) So I think that's, I think that's, I think I I, I just wanted to mention one thing. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I love the intent and then also, it's just aligning with him being selfish because he ultimately wants to do good because he wants to be loved. And um, he hates, he (laughs) hates being um, put in a position where he has to make tough decisions. Remember that episode where he had to like figure out the healthcare plan and they were supposed to make savings and he hated, like he didn't want to do it and he tried somebody Mm -hmm. else to do it. And then it was twite and it was like the harshest plan. And, and it's like this, this mix of he doesn't want to do bad, but also because of slightly selfish reasons, because he doesn't want to be the bad guy, but ultimately it, yeah, (laughs) it, it makes you be a little bit kinder to him because yeah, he really wants to be liked and he wants to do good by people, but he's just failing so, so frequently. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> what the what what generates the humor yeah. because it's just yeah. um it's it's a lot of goodwill from a kind of childish way of thinking um but then ends up in in the biggest messes let's talk about i think they are the heart of the show uh jim and pam mm-hmm. who i don't know if everybody on here likes them yeah. i do think that towards the end of the series they became a little mm-hmm. bit obnoxious but I, but they're like one of my all-time favorite ships. I've always said I always felt like a Pam Aww. without her gym. 
So, uh, so I want to go around and just have everybody uh, talk a little bit about Jim and Pam, starting with you, Meg. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love Jim and Pam. Um, they were one of my, not one of my first, but they are a big ship for me um, when I was watching the show. And I kind of love seeing that. And I know a lot of people think that they're really kind of messy and obnoxious kind of at the end, like you said, Aaron, but I thought we've talked before about the quote unquote moonlighting curse and how it relations are TV relationships are always, will they, won't they not liking it. And I kind of liked seeing them try to navigate and have issues within a loving marriage. And I, I enjoyed seeing that. I didn't think I needed to see it for an entire season. <laughs> um, excuse me, but it was, I, I love them. And, um, I have been listening to the Office Ladies podcast a lot because I'm real cool. And one of the things that they had talked about was how the whole series was actually a romantic comedy, which is why I guess I love it so much because mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for them. But yeah. yeah. I do like and, and I, I do like them. I was never, um, they were never my biggest reason for being into the show. Um it, it, I mean, they they have incredibly cute episodes. I love the um, the Secret Santa exchange where, yeah, mm-hmm. she got the teapot and it's just yeah. so With the teapot. so thoughtful. And so I liked how they focused a lot of the relationship and their interactions around like really meaningful exchanges. So it was not just like this shallow will they, won't they. Um, I really like that the friendship and um, how well they played off each other. Um, I, I like that, but they were never, I was never the big shipper and they were never the main reason for me to, um, watch the, watch the show. So it didn't, I didn't, it didn't hurt me as much how in the end there were some issues and not kind of struggly obnoxious, um, in some of the later episodes. So that didn't bug me as much. I've heard from a lot of friends who were big shippers that I was kind of hard on them. It's like, oh, my God, my favorite couple. Now I see them struggling. So um, for me, that wasn't that big of a deal. But again, I, I love the the relationship, the friendship, and how they played off of each other. They just did have so much chemistry. Um, so that was fun to see, but never super emotionally involved into the actual relationship from my end. I'm the opposite, MJ. The Jim and Pam were the reason why I kept watching um especially in like i said in that first season it was kind of hard for me to get into the show but i loved jim and pam so much and i loved seeing that relationship develop because again it was refreshing to see a a off like to see that you know show romance in that you know will they won't they in a very believable context like i felt like jim was a real person who <laughs> could and so was pam for that matter that could and does exist out there like their relationship mm-hmm. could be real which is not something that you typically get from from tv shows because they're you know supposed to be a escapist and fantasy and i loved seeing their you know relationship blossom and i thought that they it was really hard for me actually i I kind of stopped watching for a long time. I didn't actually go back and finish the series until it was on Netflix and people insisted that I should go finish it. Um, Cause I stopped watching sometime a little after I think Jim and Pam's wedding. Um, 
And I think a lot of it was because I had hung so much of the show on those two characters. So after they got married, I was like, okay, that's the end of the show for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. And I'm trying to rewatch like some of those later seasons when they do start having problems in their marriage. At first I was like, no, no, nope. I like <laughs> throwing things like at my screen, like, nope, can't, can't handle this. This is too hard. <laughs> I think the the lowest point though was the show trying to insinuate that maybe Pam would have an affair with the audio guy, and I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, nope. I can accept them like fighting in their marriage. I can accept them wanting different things professionally. I will not accept one of them cheating. <laughs> yeah. I won't do it. Yeah. My main reason to watch, but I do I do really like the the relationship and how it unfolds. Um, and I think what I read an interview or heard an interview with Jenna Fisher talking about how after the show, they were so convincing, right? In that relationship, like they genuinely look like they care for each other and are enjoying their interactions that people would see her out and about with her actual husband and be mad at her and like yell at her. (laughs) Why are you cheating on Jen? Like, you know, like, and expect her to be with, uh, with John Krasinski. And I just think that's, you know, a testament to uh, those two having such a great chemistry um, and really, really funny and clever. So I enjoy that. And I think it was a great um, arc for their, their relationship. But again, I'm there for the, the awkward, you know, toilet humor stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I actually have an I heart gym mug uh, that one of my coworkers got me years ago. This would have been, Oh gosh, more than 12 years ago now. But because I was a big Jim and Pam fan, I have an iHeart Jim Nice. <laughs> my, my, my kids like my kids like to say yeah. that um yeah, and dad, I love- my husband is like Jim, and I'm like a combo of Michael and Pam, which <laughs> is less flattering. That's an interesting me, combo. <laughs> I just want to say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, you know, Jim and Pam, they weren't the main reason. They were one of the main reasons I watched. I mean, I would say the show on a whole is the whole reason I watch. But to me, like I said, they were the heart of the show for me. Um, And watching them, you know, navigate their relationship. And there were times even before they got together that I would get annoyed with one or the other of them. Uh, There were times when I got annoyed with Jim in season three, because I thought it was kind of unfair the way he treated Pam, because Pam had a fiance when he kissed her. It's not like she could instantly just go away from Roy. She had a fiance and the way he kind of treated her like it was her fault that they weren't friends anymore. It was her fault that they weren't together anymore. I mean, he kissed a woman who was engaged. So she had every right to freak out a little bit. She had every right to pull away a little bit. She had every right to say she wasn't going to say, what do you be with him? And that always kind of bothered that. Yeah. That, that always kind of bothered me. Um, I I didn't like that. That's why I loved when Pam in beach games stood up for herself for once and actually said, you know, she's not being seen. Because I know as, as someone who has been a receptionist numerous times in offices, you do feel like you're treated like crap when you're a receptionist. I mean, I've had a job where people would stand up there, they'd introduce new people and they'd say, this is so-and-so, so-and-so, and this is our reception desk. Instead of 
calling me a person. I was their reception desk. So I understood that. And so watching her actually speak up for herself was great, especially when she spoke to Jim directly. And I think that's what really made Jim kind of turn around and go, okay, I really want to be with her. So, yeah. And, and in the later seasons, um, you know, I, I kind of like you, Rebecca, except for I stopped at admit after season eight, because season eight to me is so cringy and most of season nine is too. So I stopped watching and then I returned to it later when it was on Netflix. I did watch the series finale live, but mm-hmm. I returned later on to watch the, the other seasons. And I didn't mind that they, I don't mind that they cause issues with them it was the fact that they seem to sort mm-hmm. of change their characters like to me they seem to get, get these egos almost like they felt like they acted like they were better yeah. than a lot of people to me especially Pam and I never really viewed Pam that way and that bothered me more than anything with them I still loved them and still wanted them together and I still love the episode where Jim has them put together the DVD of their relationship yeah. and she watches it Um, and then she finally gets to see, um, the card that was inside the, um, teapot. That was, that was so beautiful. And I cry (laughs) and I cry every time I rewatch that. So even though I, I wish they hadn't done some things to their characters or changed their, the way their characters behaved, I still thought that was great. Cause you know, Jim was selfish when he was trying to start Mm -hmm. his own business. I thought he was very selfish in a lot of those, but but in the in the end, I thought they were such. Well, a great, I, I just great want to make couple, a comment so. as far as Jim's behavior in season three. I didn't necessarily think that he was trying to punish Pam so much as he was trying. Like he went to a whole other state to try and move on with his life and get over her, and he has just just gotten to that point where he was starting to see, you know, he was dating Karen, and I feel so bad for Karen. She was hated just because I she know. existed. Um, yeah, but then but he comes, she, he yeah, comes back and he's trying to do the right thing by Karen while also trying to distance himself. And I think more than punish Pam, protect himself. Cause like in beach games and it's not in beach games, it's actually in the job where we had the flashback to him talking to her about how he's not there where he can be friends with her. Um, or when Karen asks him, after Dwight comes back or Oscar comes back, if he still has feelings for her. And he's honest that he does, yes, have feelings for her. And I don't think he's trying to punish her so much as step back and mm-hmm. and try and, and protect himself. Because, yeah, he he shot his shot and it didn't work out twice. Um, <laughs> but you can't just go back to normal after something like that you know what I mean so oh no I know I know and that, and I agree with that it's more it's more the way yeah. he would talk to yeah. her that bothered me it was more the way that it was framed like it was all her fault and not yeah. like he wasn't at all yeah to you know like like he didn't do anything wrong and I'm not and I and I loved that he kissed her I loved that he confessed to her in casino and I I, I love all that it was more the way it was framed <laughs> like I don't know. Like yeah. she was kind of the bad like guy. She, that was the way it yeah. seemed to me. That's that's what bothered me about it. It wasn't. I understood perfectly fine what why Jim was doing what he did. It was just. Yeah. I don't know. The way I guess I get that. But and I and I me. I just wanted to bring out one other thing because you guys are uh, talking about season nine and their attitude. I just I know we had mentioned favorite moments or whatever in shows, and one of my absolute favorite Jim and Pam moment is actually in season nine. 
Um, and it's the Valentine's Day episode where and you can tell there's so much tension and just they're they're just so upset with each other and don't understand. And Jim is rather than staying home on Valentine's Day, he decides to leave and Pam runs out and brings him his umbrella and just that like hug between them where he hugs her and she like is holding back. I'm gonna start crying talking about it. I'm not gonna lie. It was like it got me. Uh, but she's like not hugging him back, and he just keeps holding her until finally she he she remembers kind of what that relationship was, and she hugs him back. And that's kind of what I talk about. Where I I liked seeing that arc in their relationship. I liked that not everything was rosy and perfect because that's not real life. And we talk about how these characters feel so real. And I like Mm -hmm. that they're not perfect. And I Mm -hmm. like that they're kind of selfish sometimes. And that makes what makes them so relatable as characters. So as this is a, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as this is a podcast about fandom things. Has anyone else heard the office fan theory that Pam is secretly evil? And that she <laughs> no. is secretly the worst, that she is secretly like the worst person in the office. I it's- have not heard of that. I heard the one where Dwight was the only good person in the office. Yes. <laughs> I have also heard the ones about Toby is actually oh my the God. strangler. Huh. I yes. kind of love that. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that. Too. I love that. I've one. heard that too. No, I have seen. Yeah, I've heard that I have seen too, fan but... theories that I don't think there are very many people who subscribe to this theory. But if anybody's listening, I would love to know what you think of this. That Pam is actually an awful person because she like she willingly like she knowingly flirts with Jim while she's engaged to somebody else, and that which I I don't fault her that much for because I think that happens a lot more than people realize. And it's clear that she was not really happy in that, in her relationship with Mm -hmm. Roy. Um, But there are other things like she declares herself office manager and kind of bullies. Oh God. Is it Andy? Was Andy the boss at that point? Andy's the worst. <laughs> Andy's the worst. He is the worst. He is the, the worst. But Sorry. Come back to Pam. Um, that, like, that's basically of... Roy's wedding, right? When we get that glimpse into brain, in, into Pam's mind, where she was like, "Oh my God, was it me?" Because he met this woman, and they're so happy, and they have this wonderful <laughs> wedding. And then he's like, "Oh my God, <laughs> he's right. And he's so right. sweet to yeah. her, and he's got all this talent." Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. Has a song, yeah. and he's playing and piano. Married so fast. Um, I think um, just Pam questioning mm-hmm. herself lets me know that she's not a bad person. Because usually, bad mm-hmm. bad people never question <laughs> themselves. And if there's any secret villain oh, in the yeah. office, it's yeah. Phyllis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Who I love. Yeah. Well, and, there isn't. Okay. Yeah, and. and- and going back to the and going Dwight's back to the great theory person. of Dwight being the uh, best person in the office, the best <laughs> character. Let's start talking about Dwight. I so, Meg, what are your thoughts on Dwight? Dwight he's just I I I don't know what it is about him. He's very just he's Dwight. I don't know. I can't even explain why, but it's true. I do subscribe that he is probably one of the best people in the office. He is a dedicate like, and I saw this video where it's like. 
the office is really about this. What are the offices about this salesman who's just trying to do the best job he can do. And this <laughs> asshole next to him keeps playing pranks. And his boss keeps sending him on these weird things. Like he's just trying to do his job, have his secret relationship with the crazy cat lady. Um, <laughs> no, but I love him. I think he's such a great character. I think he is a great person. And I love that as the show goes on, you get to see that growth in him. And he does kind of become this, goes from like this, not villain, but this foil, I guess, for Jim or a nemesis for Jim to like this really beautiful friendship <laughs> between the two of them and him and Pam and him. And honestly, I, I just love Dwight's fruit. I, I'm going to pause for a second because I think yeah. other people might want to talk too. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I have a love-hate relationship with Dwight because he always makes me Dwight. explain so many things to people because I'm German and I'm getting asked, is this actually a thing? And I'm like, nope, they invented this. It's hilarious. I have no idea what they're talking about, but I love Dwight. He's hilarious. I love how loyal he is, how just, how just he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's so honest. And then every once in a while, he just does something that is, yes, Dwight. When he uh, pepper sprayed Roy, I was like, yes, Dwight, thank you. <laughs> that was amazing and angela always <laughs> wanting to hear what happened because she's hot getting all hot and so he's, just, he's just every once in a while he's doing things that are just so you want him on your team i'm, I'm like i'd rather have twite on my team than having to work against against twite ever so he's uh he's hilarious and he just adds <laughs> so much funny humor when when they had yeah. these like kind of emergency drills those were just epic so um so yeah he's he's a very loyal person i can imagine that um the way he's with his family and the way he's with michael you definitely want him on your team and yeah but he's also a danger and a loose loose cannon that has to be <laughs> carefully wielded so yep <laughs> not the best one to to wield him at all times but um, yep. it's just yeah i love the dynamic the, the um when he was promoted to office manager finally and not to to manager that was just so cute and yeah i and just the the humor that he adds that whole episodes where they mm -hmm. did cpr and he was wearing like the face of the dummy so many times I, yes. I still laugh mm -hmm. i mean i know the whole thing um in and out but i still will laugh so for that i will always love twight but then i also yeah again hate relationship because i have to explain so many weird things that are not german <laughs> <laughs> that's no they're funny. like they're like the pennsylvania every once in a while there's yeah. some truth sprinkled into it like this uh, christmas episode where he talked about like the, the yeah yeah the so we have cycle? something like this it's not exactly named like that but he very much bored from the the same lore that i grew up with so that was kind of hilarious <laughs> 
lovable about him is that he is so unique. I, I think that's a that's a mark of a really strong show writer. When and for, you know, a big credit to Rain Wilson for how he portrays him, because I honestly I, I've watched the British version of The Office, and I I don't remember his counterpart nearly so well from the British version. But he, I think, one of the best takes that I've ever seen on Dwight Schrute is that he he wants that manager position so badly. He wants that power and that respect, but he can't have it until he actually learns how to empathize and how to work some of those emotional skills. Mm -hmm. And it's wonderful to be able to see that grow over nine seasons, which makes him really interesting to watch in some ways, a lot more interesting than Jim and Pam because Jim and Pam were you know, a wonderful romance to watch for the first couple seasons. But as you know, we mentioned, there is a point where they get kind of boring and and you're like, okay, well, damn married couples. Yeah. Being a married couple. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Pam even says like, it's kind of what kicks off Jim's whole, like, you know, professional exploration is, you know, they sit down to talk to them and she goes, Oh yeah. Well, you know, married with two kids there's nothing interesting going to happen with us for a long time and you see his look just go like oh like oh shit yeah our lives are boring but there's always this i i think one of the things that i've really appreciated personally about dwight is that you don't get to see i mean they kind of make fun of him for this at times but you know the fact that he does live on a farm and I grew up with a family farm. I didn't grow up on the farm, but I, I'm i from Nebraska originally, where you have a lot of agriculture families. And there's mm-hmm. a lot about his personality that I think um, would have been really appreciated by some of my you know, farming family and neighbors. And I think that they do eventually give him some respect for that, for like, knowing animal husbandry and mm-hmm. the fact that in, he's actually kind of secretly rich yeah. <laughs> like on the show like he's never financially struggling like he mm-hmm. you know he has income from his farm and he knows how to to make it work and so i appreciate seeing some of that i guess farmer practicality come and to an urban environment toilet mm-hmm. paper and a half ply yes <laughs> That's why he that has all that money. My grandfather absolutely would have done. I would not be surprised if my, if my grandfather yeah. at some point decided that one ply was plenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Dwight. Dwight is the, the reason I like the show so much. And just to echo what Rebecca was saying, it, it is because it, he reminds me of people I grew up with. Um, and it reminds me of the the rural Wisconsin farming culture very much. And then I had the chance to also interact in an office um, with people whose personalities re- remind me very much of Dwight. Um, and so I, I just I've never taken Dwight too seriously because I understand like the root of his personality is like Michael. He just needs to be accepted and loved and appreciated um and i was thinking as as y'all were talking about dwight about the episode money which is also one of my favorites um this is the one where jim and pam go to stay at the shroot farms bed and breakfast and dwight and angela are on the rocks Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i'm laughing because i think um 
Rain Wilson has yeah. said that his favorite scenes in the office were when Jim is kind of trying to to comfort him. I don't know if it's this episode or one before it. And then Jim leaves and Dwight doesn't realize it. And Dwight like reaches out to like pat Jim on the arm and he's not there. And yeah. Rain Wilson yeah. has said that was his favorite. And he also really liked that episode. Um where we get a glimpse of Dwight's, you know, outside of the office life. And um, speaking of Michael Schur, I didn't know that Moe's was Michael Schur. <laughs> yes. Until like very yep. recently. And yeah, was, that was my husband's that, yeah. absolute yep. favorite scene in the whole series is when they, when Jim and Pam are driving to the farm and <laughs> Moe's is running <laughs> alongside the race, the car. <laughs> Yeah, Moses so, was a great kid. He said, "Just shout out for that." Also, mm-hmm. you know, Bears beats and Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, come on! Like, I, I have that. I have that on my laptop. <laughs> I, I love Battlestar Galactica, and I was like Dwight, like yes. pros- proselytizing. We should probably do a BSG show, like about Absolutely, it to everyone, <laughs> so, so I could identify with that. Um, anyway, I love Dwight. I think Dwight. You know. I, when the show started, I, I loved him, but I was like, I would never in a million years want to have this person in my life. Um, but as the show went on, I, I grew to really, really mm-hmm. appreciate him. I think he grew a lot. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he kind of let his walls down and that shell around him down. And I think yeah. the big thing that, that did that was Angela. And I really loved their relationship. Um, and I was, I loved the way he uh, got her back towards the end of season nine yes. when he went after her and pulled her over because um, it fit their, it fit their relationship so well and it fit their character so well. Um, and I thought it was really kind of sweet and romantic and, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just thought they were great together and I was so happy that they ended up together and I oh, thought their wed- wedding was beautiful and just everything about them. They complimented each other so well and Angela could really, really call Dwight on things and she was one of the only people that he would actually really listen to. Um, and that he really, because he really loved her. Mm-hmm. He loved her so much. And she loved him, of course, too. So I loved their relationship together. And I loved what Dwight did uh, at the end of season nine, uh, or at the end of the series, really, when um, Jim and Pam were going to move because of, of to Philadelphia. And oh, he yeah. fired them yes. so that they would have yeah, the severance, yeah. you know, so that they would have that package. Yeah, because that really showed um, how great their relationship was and how uh, they had become friends and how they had changed from season one to then and how they really became best friends. And I, I really loved watching that. And yeah, Dwight, Dwight is great. And I know they were the farm. Gonna try and do a spinoff because yes. they did have that one episode that took place yeah. just on his farm. Yeah, they were going to try. And I'm really <laughs> glad they did it because I think that would have been awful, frankly. Well, but, and to, yeah, I just want but, to take on one yeah, last so little thing about so, Dwight because yeah. I'm okay. me. Um, I think, well, one of my favorite scenes, I think, of Dwight that I feel like <laughs> encapsulates his character so well is the Luau episode where um, Jim and Karen are, are fighting over whether or not Karen's going to move into an apartment two blocks down the, down the road and Jim's being just a total ass about it. And Pam talks Jim into a letting Karen move in down the street. And she, then we just had that scene of her sitting on a bench quietly by herself crying. And Dwight comes and he sits next to her, puts his arm around her. And she says, you know, and he just, he's comforting her. 
And he doesn't know why she's upset, but he's just there and he's there to be a, he's such a solid stand up guy. And then he's just like, so your period's really bad right now, huh? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. is, that is, if there's one yeah, scene I feel like to be like the, to be Dwight, that's one of my favorite to be like, that's exactly who this character is. He is a very caring, passionate, loving friend who is also an idiot <laughs> yeah i love i okay i i gotta now piggyback on that because that's amazing yeah. um there's an episode where dwight is trying to understand how two men have sex with each other and <laughs> it's amazing because his issue is not the idea of two men it's just that he can't yeah. he doesn't physiologically understand <laughs> he doesn't understand the plumbing yeah so i just he's also really good with babies yeah like mm-hmm. that was amazing that like he just like they just hand their baby off to Dwight and they're like Dwight can't leave he's the only thing he's the only person that can get the baby to sleep <laughs> and Jim has to feed him pizza and beer <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he suckles it like a like a baby bottle yeah yeah well let's let's move we're going to kind of wrap the office up here. Um, And what I want to do though, is touch on some of the side characters, just briefly talk about um, some of your favorite ones. Um, You can even mention some that you don't like. Uh, Yeah. But let's just talk a little bit about that. I think honestly, all of the most, pretty much all of the OG casts are just amazing. You can't have a show this good without having such a great ensemble of fantastic characters. Um, I got to shout out (laughs) Kevin Malone. He I love him so much. This poor doofus. He's just, I love him. I don't know how he ever got engaged, (laughs) but he has my heart and soul and my chili. Um, (laughs) Kelly and Ryan are the trash fire that I would, I would watch just them. They're they're terrible, horrible people. (laughs) But they're so, they're just, they're trash. Like if no characters have grown at all in this entire show, it's those two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love it. And we haven't yep. mentioned Erin at all. And I love her. Yes. I, I love, I mm-hmm. love Erin. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. But thank other than that, sorry. Go ahead. I really okay. hate Andy. That's all. Good That's all. I, have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I hate, I hate Andy so much. Um, I would take Nelly. <laughs> over him as an office manager and a character because Catherine Tate was on Doctor Who and she's fantastic. (laughs) I I also was going to say Erin. And MJ? um, Who are some of your favorites? uh, She's like somebody that I relate to because sometimes (laughs) I can be a little naive in situations coming from another country and not always knowing all the inside jokes or the references <laughs> or things like that. So um, she's she's just uh, fun to watch. And I just also love the arc, how um, like she realized Andy's not maybe right. So just really rooting for her. It's nice to have a character that you can just root for without too much cringiness because she's mostly just naive and um not doesn't come from like Mm -hmm. a super self-centered place um and i also really 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 like um because we all Mm -hmm. relate to the eye rolling um 
Uh, God, what's the name? Stanley. Yeah. Stanley. Because Stanley. Stanley. Like, I'm out of here whenever something's happening. Stanley. And he's like, Stanley. oh, I'm ready to go home. We've all been there. We've all had this, had this feeling. So I just, yeah. And his, his eye rolling is going to be forever my favorite <laughs> gift to put under, um, under horrible Facebook posts of people. So, yeah. <laughs> I cannot eat a pretzel without thinking of that man. Yes. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I'm going to stop here because otherwise I'm going to go through a bunch of characters and I want to hear other people. Yeah. Um, Kevin Malone does have a special place in my heart. The, the turtle, the turtle open where he crushes the turtle. Oh, oh my God. I love it. I cry so much. Um, I think though that as I rewatch, whenever I rewatch the show, I I will turn to my husband and I'll go. I I think Meredith's my new favorite. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I often end up switching between Meredith and Creed hmm. as my favorite yes. other office members. And Creed because I think he's just that weird in real life. Mm. I know that he got the name Creed because he kind of woke up from a drugged stupor and <laughs> had written down the word Creed on his hand and decided that was his name he actually was in a 60s band i can't remember the name of it but like every time the mm-hmm. grassroots says, sorry grassroots. yes yes thank you i love creed Bryden. <laughs> yes <laughs> but the fact that like the episode where it's halloween and he comes in with oh my blood gosh all yeah. Over <laughs> and they're like yeah. great so you're like that's a great costume mm-hmm. good time and he's like <laughs> totally forgot. Yeah, I totally forgot that today was Halloween. <laughs> Lucky timing for that. Yeah. <laughs> but Meredith, Meredith mm-hmm. always says something so weird. <laughs> She's so like kind of gross. Like <laughs> I just every every time I watch it, I'm like, I love Meredith. Like the episode where she gets oh, rabies. <laughs> well, she got her PhD in childhood education yeah. or something. Yes. <laughs> And that's why she was drinking so much because she was in college. Yes. <laughs> oh Jesus. Oh nice. yes. I, yeah, I love I love Meredith. Um actually I yeah. think though if I were to pick a worst character, Gabe. Um, I think I hate Gabe even more than I hate Andy because Gabe, Andy yeah. sometimes can be funny, but Gabe, I'm like, God, I want to punch him in the mouth. Mm-hmm. first i actually appreciate andy as a as a foil yeah. you know i think he does a he does a great job but he's yeah he's annoying um but i want to shout out for jan because i don't yes. think she gets enough credit Mal- malora harden is that her name yeah. um yeah. oh my god rewatching, she's her sort of mm-hmm. descent into madness is amazing if you just watch <laughs> the episodes that, that she's in and you're like holy crap this person is you know um, she predicts it too yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yep and uh, so i think she she's fantastic i also love there's a scene with aaron where aaron takes a bunch of pictures on a disposable camera and then goes i don't know why anyone does this he throws it in the trash <laughs> that's the funniest shit you know um and then uh finally toby just because yeah. he's michael's irrational hate of him is so amazing <laughs> And also, you're kind of like, oh, I kind of get it, Michael, like, sometimes. And then even Toby, um, like, going to Costa Rica mm-hmm. because he hits on Pam and just, you know, it's just, 
<laughs> Such a mess. So he's he's actually pretty great in the rewatch too. And for me, um, and for me, I I got to give a shout out to oh, a character. I love Holly. Holly. Yeah, me too. Holly. Who, who hates Holly? Holly? And I love Michael and Holly. What? I I've heard I've heard no. people say they don't oh like them oh, together. No. They prefer they would have wanted Michael to end up with Jan in the end, which would have been awful. But I think I think. Holly you know is just what was so great about Holly was finally seeing Michael find this person who really saw how Mm -hmm. beautiful he was inside and loved all his quirkiness and his weirdness and just embraced it and she was just as much of a geek as he was and watching them doing that little like you know when, when they when she hosted her first meeting and watching them doing their little dance routine together i just loved her and and i think um amy ryan is she is such a good actress and just um, amazing amazing actress so i I just loved watching those two together um i also i i want to give a shout out to oscar because i think oscar was great um and i loved watching Mm -hmm. his interactions (laughs) with angela i loved watching their friendship because Yes. They really didn't like each other at first, and then they became friends towards the end when she was, you know, when she yeah. was desolate and after her breakup with the senator and <laughs> and all of that. So I just I thought Oscar was great, and I thought the, the actor was oh, amazing yes. as well. Um, and oh yeah, oh yeah, he's garbage. Like I hate Ryan. I hate Ryan <laughs> so much. He's despicable. I despise him. I just can't. It made me so that I almost couldn't watch BJ Novak in anything else because I just, which which goes to show how good he was at playing the character. I mean, because he is the writer, so just, technically just, it oh, was God, his it was fault. It just made me cringe so hard <laughs> the way he treated people. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. So he was a good he was a good writer. But yeah, I remember watching and we're going to be covering the Mindy Project here in a few weeks. But I remember when he was on the Mindy Project and I'm like, why does he have to be here? And I knew why, because, you know, they're really good friends and they used to date. But still, it's like, uh, yeah, he just he just made me cringe. And Kelly, even though, you know, she was so selfish, like you said, she never grew. <laughs> There was a part of me that really kind of loved her in a way. Um, she was just so entertaining and fun. And I, and I loved how mm-hmm. um, out of touch she was. With, <laughs> I, I, I loved mm-hmm. the Diwali episode and watching her with her family. I just thought that that was great to see a different side. So, yeah, oh, but yeah. there are so many great characters that we could talk about forever and, uh, and ever. And, um, and we've already, we already mentioned a little bit about, the show after Michael left. We talked a little bit about those seasons, so we won't go into three-parter. that. Three-parter. Um, yeah, Ooh. so this will end up being a three-parter, everybody out there listening. So, yeah, so because we're going to talk about Parks and Rec next, but that'll actually be on the next episode, just to let you know. So uh, the Parks and Rec and The Good Place will air next week, so that'll be that'll cover our two episodes for the week. Um, so what I'm going to do is just have everyone close out, and we'll go around, and everyone can say where they can be found. Uh, if you want to be found, you, you can find me found. On Twitter so and you, most of the things at Wisconsinac, which is W I S C O N S E N N A C H. And yes, I will spell it every single time I'm on here. <laughs> and you can still blame Carla. <laughs> <laughs> she gave me that name. <laughs> Um, you can find me on Instagram at another galaxy. And then MJ, do you want to be found doing the Twitter just because I've already have way too much screen life, uh, screen time in my life. So 
trying to limit it i think twitter would swallow me whole so um yeah find me on instagram um, for some (laughs) mediocre nerdy pictures and um that's it um i do not have an instagram great great and then rebecca i'm not very active on twitter but if you i I would love to hear some people's uh thoughts on different office fan theories i mentioned the pam is evil one there is also a fan theory that uh the accounting department is actually embezzling money the entire show (laughs) um that angela in particular is the one embezzling money uh So if you would like to share any of your office fan theories with me, you can find me on Twitter at Rebecca Jacobson. That's all one word at R-E-B-E-C-C-A-J-A-C-O-B-S-O-N. Well, first of all, I just want to say MJ's photos are far from mediocre. And They're Tanya. phenomenal and totally worth <laughs> the, everything. Um, yeah, that's So true. you can find that's me true. on Twitter <laughs> at my uh, research project, usually um, at AK Nerdfighting, like K as in, I don't know, what's a K word? Knee. Kale. Knee, the one word that's like knee. That makes sense. I was going to say knowledge, and then I'm like, that's not very intuitive, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm not tired. All right, so at AK Nerd Fighting on Twitter. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at EAprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. And if you have any feedback, show notes, any ideas, if you want to potentially be interviewed for the show, be sure to reach out to us via email at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And next week we'll be tackling uh, the par- if Parks and Rec on Tuesday and then finishing out the Michael Shore comedies on Thursday with The Good Place. So until next time, remember it's a fandom thing. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.